Hello, and welcome to CDO Magazine interview series. I'm Asha Saxena, founder and CEO of Women Leaders in Data and AI. Today, I have a pleasure of talking to my dear friend, uh, Besa Bauta, who is uh, also a chief data and analytics officer for State of Texas Department of Family and Pro Protective Services. Besa, welcome. Uh, I am always excited about talking about generally AI and data with you. Um, but I think the whole conversation around generative AI has been on top of everybody's mind. And I think the buzz really is so real because people can touch and feel AI like they've never done before. Chat, I would say chat GPT really opened uh, this whole new world for businesses and also for consumers and how they consume and interact with AI not just like how we interacted with Siri in the past or Alexa or having Amazon doing recommendation engine, but now we actually can engage with ChatGPT, create content, images. You know, um, people are actually doing research on uh, ChatGPT uh, with citing um, sources from where this data is coming from. So it's really engaging with the, um, consumer now than like never before. So as we start talking about the future of generative AI, let's talk a little bit about the current state of generative AI. So give us a little high level overview based from your point of view of what generative AI is, how would you define it? And where do you see the current state is today? So when I think of generative AI, I really think of different types of application that can source information at scale. You know what I mean about sourcing information? So the way a lot of these models are trained is that there is a lot of data that gets fed into the model. And then whatever the specific use or utility of that application, it's able to synthesize that information and actually come up with new creative content. So the field of AI has been around for many years. I know when I give lectures, they're like, oh my God, this is that old. And like algorithms were developed since 1800 with Ada Lovelace. So this is nothing new. I think is the scale of these applications and the amount of information. And I think we reached a tipping point with big data. I think that kind of allowed us to train these models. And you'll hear a lot, you know, the difference between machine learning and AI. AI, but we're able to train these models. And actually, um, a lot of the researchers, um, I have colleagues of mine at NYU, like Lee Khan and many others, who've actually taken um, similar to our uh, uh, brain pathways and mirrored, you know, generative neural networks. So a lot of these new applications are based on pretty much old technology, but new ways of integrating not only information, but new ways of synthesizing information. I think that's where we are now is the synthesis of this information. And I think I think you you mentioned with Chad GBT is just before AI was in the background, a lot of the industries were using it. I think you mentioned Siri, you mentioned Alexa. So you thought of these big tech companies that had kind of like lock on AI. And I think with the open AI a project, the whole uh, uh, point of that was to make it much more user-friendly and also allow the greater public having access to these tools and their ability to use these tools themselves. 
So in a way, we get to play with these applications before they were the purview of large scale, you know, tech firms that are kind of behind the log gates. But now we get to, you know, type in, you know, um, our queries and get a response or interact with something that seems otherworldly in a lot of ways. Um, it's a different types of intelligence. But I have to be very careful is that we're not, you know, um, in a way the application kind of mirrors and gives you sort of prompts as far as what's the next best answer. Um, I think we haven't reached singularity, but we're reaching that pathway where we could see what the uh, future potential might be in the next 10 or 20 years. You know, when you talk about the future, um, you know, I want to touch upon, you know, we always thought AI was for the big businesses. You know, I would yeah. interact with a lot of CEOs who are uh, mid-sized companies and they would say, you know, it's really big companies have complex data and they can play with it. We are small company or mid-sized company and we really don't have that kind of manpower or technology to invest in AI. But I think in the current scenario, I see a lot more. I mean, if you go on Instagram or social media, I mean, it's mm -hmm. flooded with ideas of how you can use chat GPT and put API and, you know, build something on top of it. So it's really taking it to the mainstream from ad agency. I was talking to an agency owner and, and he said, I use Midjourney every day. You know, so mm -hmm. they have really incorporated these technologies, which was hard to access into their life today in every day. Sometimes I feel that the large organizations are questioning chat GPT and blocking it, whereas small businesses are jumping ahead in integrating these technologies much faster because they're they're agile. They they can experiment and they have less to lose, you know, because they're just starting out. So I think the whole startup world probably the founders and the entrepreneurs probably will jump onto this whole generative AI faster than the big businesses. Or do you feel that the big businesses still have the lead in this evolution of AI? I mean, if you think about even ChatGPT, um, originally was uh, developed with the open AI, the whole, you know, having this um, sort of a communal sort of AI development platform. And then Microsoft kind of took it over. So now they're productionizing it. So I think some of the tech leaders, and then you have Google with BART. Um, I think they were launched at the same time, but ChatGPT got much more buzz um, than it did the, you know, Google's AI, I mean, Google's BART. And then Google had Lambda, I think, you know, if you think about the original sort of uh, large neural networks and large, you know, uh, language models. So Lambda is, you know, one of the language models that Google had developed. So I think the large tech companies are further ahead. I mean, we see the series, we see the Alexas. Um, so I've done, they've done quite a lot of work and their research and development divisions are doing really interesting and novel type of work. I think when, when you're talking about a small and mid-level companies, now we have tools similar to when I think of, I think of ChatGPT, I think of um, my sort of nav navigation platform. Remember in the olden days, we had those boxes and I was so excited instead of having a map, um, we had MapQuest. I remember the time of MapQuest, yes. but you know, my kids are like, oh my God, mom, you're that old. Yes, I do remember. I actually even had a map. Um, and then we went to those, you know, a Navient uh, dashboard kind of things that you, you know, plug into your, um, you know, uh, to your uh, car. And the next thing you know, the cars end up having tablets and they have built-in navigation. Right. Um, so, and now we're relying on that much more than in the past. I mean, it's sort of the same type of analogy in parallel that there is this application that 
kind of uses large-scale geospatial data to help you navigate. And it's become so great in our daily lives. We don't question it. And I think the same thing, sort of that type of development is going to happen with ChatGPT is that in a way, these applications are easy to use for the masses. So, you know, allowing you to just log on through a web uh, portal and access this, you know, generative AI model and type queries and get responses. I think it's made, made it very easy for the large consumer to be able to play with these applications. Similar, we're having geospatial uh, or geoinformation systems. Before they were the purview of NASA, they were the purview of the military, right? No one had access to GIS or geolocation applications. And now my nephew does. He could sit in his computer and kind of look at the globe and have all these satellites kind of pinpoint different locations that he wants to see. It's a learning tool, but it's also accessible. I think this whole aspect of accessibility, I think it's key. Um, and same thing, I think you talked about uh, mid-journey and I'm thinking of Dolly and I'm thinking of, you know, my daughter is always on Discord playing with different types of, you know, visual visual types of generative AI. Um, and that's, again, is really easy for them to use because it, this web-based access and interface allows the masses to have access to these applications before we didn't have the same type of access. I think that's the key component here. And with uh, small and medium companies, I think that access allows them to experiment, um, you know, very exactly. differently in a, in a way. Um, if you give a kid a toy, they do, or Legos, they, you know, that imagination or application, I think it's unique. And we're going to see some really interesting things in the next five or 10 years. When you talk about the next five to 10 years, you know, a lot of people are uh, speculating that the advancement in the world will be changed much faster than we think. You know, when, when we talk about what would it look like, how the AI is going to play a part in our lives. Um, and people say that by the end of, you know, 2024, this would be a different world. The kind of advancements that we will see in technology is going to cha change how we operate. You know, I mean, now, I mean, just thinking about, you know, the copywriters are, using chat GPT to write their content, you know, and it's become very common. Uh, and so we're changing already how we operate. Where, where do you see in next two to five years, where do you see our world going with the evolution of AI in businesses? I mean, when I, I think of, I, I, somebody asked, asked me this a similar question in the past, like, is this another one where our world is going to completely change? And I think of like Web3 and, you know, sort of like the visual um, sort of immersive experiences, you know, that were touted, you know, five or 10 years ago. Um, it didn't go anywhere or didn't get, you know, the uptake wasn't the, the same way. And when I think of even the industrial revolution, I was looking at content, I'm working on a project, I'm looking at content. And some of the same things, you know, come, were coming up. Um, you could parallel everything that was said, you know, during the industrial revolutions when we went from steam engines to sort of locomotives to, you know, further advancement um, to currently with these types of, you know, computer-based technologies. And then you could see an echoing of, oh, my God, we're going to lose all our jobs. Um, yes, you're going to have some sort of job loss, but it's sort of a transformation. Many new opportunities get created, different ways of working, different ways of interacting. Um, and another important thing I think you did mention is that, you know, like with ChatGPT, copywriters are using that. So where, you know, 
where do the guardrails need to be put? Or do we need to put guardrails? Or do we really need to reimagine how do we do copywriting? I mean, I think maybe that's sort of the next step, really reimagining how we do the work that we do today. And think of these as assistive tools to allow us to do our work better. I like to, I'm much more positive that way rather than gloom and doom, like, oh my God, these you know technologies are just going to take over our lives. Um, I mean, in a way they have, but I see them more as tools and aids rather than anything else. Uh, thank you so much for being on uh, the CDO Magazine interview. Uh, and, and hopefully we'll connect again um, and have another yeah. conversation. Uh, and for everyone who's listening, if you have any questions about Wilda, Women Leaders in Data and AI, please reach out to me or Besa. Besa has been a member for a while. Or, and about CDO Magazine, please visit cdomagazine.tech for any additional interviews and tons of great content on the website. Thank you so much. Thank Bye. you so much, Asha. Thank you, everyone. Bye-bye.